This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry, I'll hang up and listen, I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome to All Hang Up and Listen, brought to you by Fatty Beer Company, Western New York's premier market and tap room, eight different locations all over Western New York, open seven days a week from 11.30 a.m. till 10.30 p.m. later, over 300 beers to choose from, and of course, they are one of Western New York's only kid and dog friendly bars, live entertainment and trivia at all eight locations. And let's not forget Buffalo Logo Apparel. Buffalo Logo, one of the better, not better, best spots to get all of your Buffalo sports apparel needs. Uh, I'm a big hat guy. Check out the different lids they got. They have the Buffalo NH- or NFL Shield snapback. Beautiful. And, of course, the Buffalo NHL Shield throwback shield uh, trucker's hat. So make sure you get on there and grab a few of those, maybe a shirt, a hoodie. Go check them out. They have a ton ton of different things to choose from. At Buffalo Logo Co. on Instagram and Twitter. At Fatty Beer on Instagram and Twitter. Tell them the guys from Two Goalies One Mike sent you. Two Goalies One Mike sent you. And uh, I am, of course, riding solo tonight, uh, Connor, uh, because of the time difference. Things couldn't really line up for us today. So, and of course, a 5 p.m. start. Uh, I like these 5 p.m. starts, not going to lie. Not ready to fall asleep right after I get done talking to you, bozos, and these post games. Uh, you normally, at least this season, um, drowning our sorrows, venting to each other, whatever the case may be. Sabers win three to two in overtime with a big goal from Henry Yoki Haru, uh, and also scoring hometown kid, not so much of a kid anymore. Casey Middlestat, beautiful goal, looked off Dylan Cousins on the two on one break. And uh, buried it by Gustafson. Uh, then Minnesota come back, score two quick ones uh, to take the lead. And Jordan Greenway in his, back in front of the Minnesota crowd. I'm not sure if this is his first time playing in front of Minnesota. Might be since uh, being traded uh, to Buffalo. But nonetheless, actually it must have been because they did a video tribute for him. So first time coming back to Minnesota after the trade. Scores the game tying goal with 36 seconds left. And again, Yoki Haru with the game winner in overtime. Lots to talk about. Uh, UPL uh, absolutely stood on his head for the most part this game. 
shutout streak ended uh, a little bit more, uh, five or more, a little five plus periods. I'm not sure before the uh, shutout against LA, you know, how long, you know, from, from the end of that game to when he gave this, uh, the, his last goal before that, uh, uh, what the actual, like maybe somebody in the peanut gallery can tell us how many minutes his shutout streak went for. Uh, but again, Definitely played more than good enough to have a shutout tonight. Uh, looked fantastic. Uh, coming up big. But I will say this, and I said this in the game notes, uh, and this was for both teams. I think it wasn't until that third period where teams really started to get into those dirty areas uh, below the dots in front of that. It made it really difficult for these goalies to start seeing shots because, for the most part, I thought that both goalies, while they were making some difficult saves, uh, the t- both teams were making it easy on them. Not getting in shot lanes, not – you know, screening, not getting in front of them. Uh, I said that in the game notes in uh, after period two. I said this game's going to come down to who's willing to go to the net and do those little things. And it could come down to special teams too. Kind of did a little bit of both. Uh, Minnesota gets the four-minute power play. Cashes is in on it. Uh, leads to them going up two-to-one and eventually t- we tied it by going in that two-two and win it in the three-on-three overtime. I would say that... Um, bravo for sticking it out, playing. I, I want to say sound defensively. I mean, they didn't play bad defensively. They give, but they give a ton of scoring chances. But um, for when they went down two to one after going up one nothing early in the third, to uh, you know, not falter, got right themselves right back into it, tied it up, um, and win it. So I, I, I got what bugs me is your possible, and I just tweeted this out before going live with you guys, is this has probably been um, the best goaltending consistently over like a 10 to 15 game stretch you've ever gotten, probably since Ryan Miller. Now we're talking like a decade almost. I can't remember what year he was traded. Like a decade almost of, you know, of bad goaltending for the most part. Um, And they, they can't score. They can't score. Uh, yeah, we won tonight 3-2, sure, but they can't figure it out, and it, it drives me insane. Um, they were a top three scoring team in the league last year, and the conversation leading into the season from the offseason was they did nothing with their goaltenders. Like, you know, I was always cautiously optimistic that goaltending would have been fine. I personally think that, you know, even if I'm, I'm, I'm happy, definitely Levi is, Playing fantastic, and Rochester is over 920 save percentage. He's five two and two, playing very well. Um, I, I I'm more than ha- I'm I'm fine with him. Obviously, going down there and getting the much needed games that he needs. But I think they would have been fine riding the whole season with those two as their goaltenders. I I, I said that you look back. I I was cautiously optimistic about it. I think that if they improve themselves defensively, they were a good enough scoring team that even if they got better defensively, like say say 25%, that the goaltending was going to be fine. I, I I had plenty of faith in both those guys. Still do. And they can't score with the shit now. They can't. One of the worst power plays in the league from being one of the best power plays in the league. One of the worst scoring teams in the league from uh from being one of the best scoring teams in the league. Uh, coming into this game, they were the worst team in the National Hockey League for goals given up in the first period with 65. Like, by a lot, I think. They've given up 65 first-period goals so far. Like, I think they lead that by a lot. So, it's it's crazy and ironic to think that the one thing that we were worried about most 
coming to the season hasn't remotely really been a problem for the most part at all this year. And the thing that we weren't worried about, or were, you know, we we're very optimistic we weren't going to be worried about, has been the biggest issue this year: scoring in the power play. It, it's just wild to me, you know. I, I, and what has Kevin Adams done to fix this? Nothing, nothing. And not saying he wanted to come here, but I tweeted out, you know, after the first period, uh, a, a picture of Patrick Kane's uh, NHL.com page. 22 points in 22 games right now because he had two points, at least two points today. And uh, it's like I said, washed up in quotations because everybody said that guy was washed up. He wasn't going to be able to help us. He wouldn't be able to help us, this, that, and the other. Tell you right now, I'm not sure what that conversation came down to, if it was money, if it was term, I don't know. But you know who would look really good in a Sabres uniform right now, especially on that power play that can't seem to fucking figure it out? Patrick Kane. Uh, I'm not going to keep beating that dead horse, though. We're going to leave that one alone. Uh, But also, why can't you get these types of results and this type of effort on home ice, like consistently on home ice? They play terrible at home. But whenever they, maybe not this year, but it was more so apparent last year, they can't play this well uh, from start to finish in front of a hometown crowd. I don't get it. Like, you should be hyped up, amped, every time you come home to play. Whether there's 20,000 fans in the seats or there's 10,000 fans in the seats. Those are your fans. They're they're cheering you on. They want to see you score. They're paying to see you. And why don't you ever consistently get results like this at home as compared to when they don't play at home. I don't know. Uh, we're going to hit the peanut girl. We got a few comments here uh, from Mauricio. How about them? Cowboys, wild West swordsman, greenway in the clutch, dirty grit, rebound goal, front of net with directness, drive, push coaches, teach, teach these perimeter players how to score a goal. Yeah. We, like, how many times we said that in the show, Mauricio, like you have too many perimeter players here that aren't willing to do exactly that. Go to the net. And you would want a lot more hockey games this year. Instead of just playing on the perimeter, being a perimeter shooting team, hoping for the, hoping you can just score from the perimeter and not doing exactly that, what Jordan Greenway did right there all season long to score. Just think, if you would have been able to do that all season, and I don't know, and this is what blows my mind, is that these guys have all been playing hockey their entire lives play at so many different levels under so many different coaches, different structures, different systems. Why isn't it common sense that that's a thing you need to do to win? It has been every, it, it had to have been throughout your career leading into this. They did it last year. Why not this year? Why has it been so such a hard, difficult thing for them to do is go to the net to score and be productive. Like, I just don't understand it. Um, it's mind-numbing watching when they don't do it, how more lopsided in the opponent's direction the game goes. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it's a common sense thing to me. Like, you know, whenever I, I – I'm not a forward, I'm a goalie, but, like, I'll tell, you, I, I'll tell you this right now. My life in that, no matter what level, of, whatever compete level I was playing at, it was always a thousand, more diff, thousand times more difficult when I had bodies in front of me. When I had people in front of me, you know, when I have somebody in my grill, like, and I, I don't know if this is 
something that it comes down to the coaching, not being stern enough and not being strict enough and not practicing enough, you know, and just these guys are just shooting on the perimeter during practice. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's mind numbing because if you had been doing this kind of stuff all season, like you did against LA, like you did tonight in the third period, guess what? You, you would have won a lot more games. You'd have gotten some loser points here and there. And guess what? You're in the playoff conversation right now. You just would have been. I, I don't know. Because your goaltending, whether it was I, – I know Comrie's record doesn't look great, but he played more than good enough to beat the Panthers the other night. Just couldn't score. Um, you know, Devin Levi, when he was with Buffalo for stretches, was very, very, very good. You know, he was – like that six-game stretch he had, he was as good as UPL is right now. But the thing is, he's a 21-year-old kid – Straight out of college, you can't expect him to play at that level the way UPL is right now, who has been in the league now for a few years, you know, played in Rochester, played his dues in Rochester, and has been on the struggle bus off and on in Buffalo in the NHL and has learned from those mistakes and has learned from those experiences. And that's why he is playing at the level he is now. And this show especially, we've always known UPL has been capable of it. Guy is a freak athlete. Freak athlete. The only thing that worries me with him now, now that for at least for the time being, he's put the consistency consistency thing to bed, is the fact that the health, the hip thing, like hip, your hips. And again, we talked about Patrick Kane and his hip hip issues. Like when you have <clears throat> hip issues this early in your career, it's not something that just goes away and you're just healed from. It's something that's going to nag you later on in your career, throughout your career. And I just hope that that doesn't become an issue with UPL because especially goaltenders, your hips are pretty goddamn important. And uh, I just hope that uh, that doesn't become an issue for UPL at some point in his career. That's the one number thing I'd worry about with him. But other than that, man, like kid's been a freak athlete, night and day difference uh, from what we saw at the beginning of the season, last season. Um, he's really taking these experiences. I mean, I imagine last year, not even being remotely in the conversation to be in the rotation at the end of the year, probably pissed them off a lot. Uh, put in the work in the off season. It's showing in spades right now. So uh, UPL again, saves the day for Buffalo tonight uh, along with Jordan Greenway and a couple of uh, Minnesota kid goals. Uh, one from Middlestown again, one from Greenway scoring against his former team. Uh, another comment here from Matt. Uh, God, but fucking damn it. I turned the game off with three minutes left to run to Wegmans, and I come back to this. I guess you got to go to Wegmans for every game now. Uh, from Mauricio, witness many odd man rushes all game. Not impressed. UPL saved our skins. Forwards need to manage the puck more effectively and not turn over the puck blindly. From Donald, sucks when goalies have a career year and the rest of the team sucks. Agreed. It stinks. It, it definitely stinks. From uh, Justin, UPL shutout streak was 65 minutes and 59 seconds in length. Uh, I don't know about that because he had a shutout. He had a shutout against LA. He didn't play against the Panthers. And then he didn't get scored on um, until the third period tonight. So that's, I think you got to add like 40 minutes to that. Uh, and I think that's your number. Or 40 minutes and change to that. And that's your number. Um, so you're probably looking at over 100 minutes in, in shutout time. Um, it's a great win. 
They battled all night. They need to keep this up. Agreed. I mean, again, if you want to be your crazy optimistic, yeah, sure, the playoffs aren't out of the question. It's a very low percentage chance they make it. But we've said it on this show a few times. Um, You know, the East has been pretty wide open this year. It's not has been, you know, it's been more competitive this year than it was last where you had your upper echelon teams way out far away from everybody. And then you had teams below battling for the wild card. I feel like there is a lot of parity in the Atlantic and in the East this year. So with that being said, are the playoffs out of the question for most, you'd say yes, 100%. But at the end of the day, like they're not out of it yet. And can they go on a run? They're getting the goaltending to do it. They are getting the goaltending to do it right now. So if they can figure this out and figure their power play out, which I know they didn't score tonight, but like has looked better the last handful of games. Just got to cash in. Um, if they can figure out how to score again, make a move. I don't know. Uh, maybe they can go on a run. I don't know. I, this is me being the crazy optimistic. People call me crazy. I call myself crazy. Um, I always never count them out until they're out of it. So that's the Sabres fan in me, the Buffalo fan in me. Uh, from CH Go Bills, uh, just tell them they can't do it. And of course they will. Uh, I mean, let's be real. I mean, you might not be wrong there. Uh, CH go bills. I, I, you know, you put, you, you throw all the doubt in their face and maybe they will go do it. Who knows? Did it to the bills when they were six and when they were six and six, everyone counted them out. So they didn't have a chance, a chance at the division. They came back and they absolutely won on a run and won the division and had our hopes up there for a while. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Stefan Diggs can't catch a football. Uh, <laughs> That being said, um, yeah, I, I, I'm uh, happy with the effort. Obviously happy with the result. Um, just the thought all game was, how did, how did things get like this to the point where we're getting this elite level goaltending, possibly the best goalie goaltending in the NHL right now, goalieing in the NHL right now for an extended amount of time. And everything in terms of the goaltending and the stars have aligned and it's the goal scoring that we haven't been able to figure out. Everybody has regressed by a lot, like a lot. The only two players that haven't regressed are Casey Middlestat and uh, JJ Paterka. Tate Thompson regressed. Dylan Cousins regressed. Alex Tuck regressed. Even Jeff Skinner's has regressed. Darlene, I, I mean, I guess you could say, I know he leads the league and are tied or I'm not sure where he's at right now and, and goals by a defenseman, but are you taking last year's Darlene over this year's Darlene? I mean, I think I am. I think I am. Uh, Cause we were all talking about him winning the Norris last year. Uh, I don't think he's in the conversation this year. Um, especially not on this team, the way they're playing um, from Justin. Also, since I wasn't able to watch Tuesday night due to me not feeling well, how about Benson's goal to make it 5-0 over the Kings? All the man does is score highlight reels, and he's easily the best number nine since Derek Roy. Oh, and the game-tying goal tonight was credited to Cousins as he tapped the puck in last second. So, actually, uh, even though Greenway contributes contributes that goal, looks like Dylan Cousins gets himself in the score sheet. He was the one that uh, 
taps it in. A couple clicks for Dylan. But still, uh, Jordan had get that, got to have that moment in front of the hometown crowd. Uh, I must have been announced after the game that it went, that goal ended up going to Cousins. Uh, from Gargalon, woo! I'm right there with you, bud. I have said it this about UPL. He needed time, and people thought I was nuts. He has arrived. I definitely don't think you're nuts. I, I Me and Connor have defended UPL pretty adamantly on this show. Yeah, we're not wearing shirts, you know, as UPL stands or anything like that. Uh, but you see the, you've seen the potential in him, the athleticism and all along it was there. And you had fans on this, uh, you know, on this, from this fan base that wanted to trade him, wanted to wave him, send him to Rochester, this, that, the other. No, like it wasn't him. The struggles early on, it wasn't him. I'm glad people are finally starting to see it because it wasn't him early on in the season to it was the combination of no goal scoring and just horse shit, bad defensive play from your forwards, from your defensive, from everybody puck watching. And they still do it just not to the extent they were to start the season. I think they've, they, they've corrected, all, corrected some stuff, but it wasn't the goaltending. It wasn't U, UPL. It wasn't Devin Levi. It wasn't Eric Comrie. It, it was the team in front of them. There wasn't a goalie in the national hockey league that could have made this team a winning, uh, give this team a winning record the first half of the year. You could have put Shesterskin in back there. You could have put Sorokin back there. You could have put Vasilevsky back there. Any Name any goaltender playing out of their mind this season. You could have put them back there to start the year, and it wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered. They couldn't score. They could not score. And I, 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 I along with Connor, you're you're so sick and tired of seeing people bitch about the goaltending because that wasn't it. The goaltender will always be the cop out, you know the you know the easy the, the the easy guy to point at when things aren't going right. When in reality, it is all those guys whose jerseys you bought, the Tage Thompsons, the Dylan Cousins, the Middle Stats. I mean, I'm sure more so Middle Stat now. The Alex Sucks. Those are the guys that were hurting you, whether they were hurt themselves, like physically on the ice or not. Like those were the guys that were hurting this team and preventing this team from winning. It wasn't your goaltending. It was it, it was your it was your your terrible defensive uh, awareness in guys like Owen Power, in guys like Eric Johnson, and I mean I, Yoki Haru is a guy that I haven't bitched about a lot. I'm not going to add him into that. But your Clifton, uh, you know, you, you know your uh, even Darlene at times. You know those were the guys that were hurting you to start the season for those reasons and. It was never the goaltending. It was never, ever, 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 ever the goaltending. So with that being said, um, it's just ironic and almost comically, tragically hilarious that it was the goal scoring and the offensive ability and the power play that did this team in this year. And it's sad. It really, really is sad. Um, some more comments here. Uh, UPL is Sabres number one goalie. Levi needs some seasoning based on lack of maturity experience. I don't think I, I, I'll disagree with one point there. Lack of maturity. I think, uh, Devin Levi is mature beyond his years, but again, seasoning mature. Absolutely. And he's going to get it in Rochester. Um, woo about them Lake Erie Cowboys, Ricky's channel. We look like a slow team, no team speed. Skinner is invisible, making a $10 million salary, 10 million freaking dollars. Uh, the goalies were all hurt by carrying three. None of them could get in a rhythm. I also agreed. We've talked about that extensively on this show. How can you expect a goaltender to be in a rhythm when they're playing once every other week? I, I said that about Levi. 
Um, what who was it against LA? Maybe when they went over to LA, whenever they were LA, when they started him for the first time in two weeks, uh, and he let three in in the first period. I think they came back and they won like five three or whatever it was. It might have been LA, um, or was it Anaheim? I can't remember, but. Yeah, you can't get in a rhythm when you're playing that less off. You're not getting you're not getting uh, go, number one goalie shots in practice. You're not. I mean, you should always be preparing like off the ice, like a number one goaltender. But like, you can't get in that rhythm both physically and mentally when you're rolling rolling three goalies on a roster, and it made no sense. And I think Kevin Adams should should honestly have to answer for that at the end of the season. Why did we carry three goalies again this year? Why? Uh, absolutely, he should have to answer for that. Uh, from Mauricio, Granado and Adams, three goalie scheme, poor strategy, not any goalie could go into a rhythm. Fire Granado, fire Adams, get rid of Skinner from Sir Robert Seagrave. Levi was mishandled at the beginning with four games in eight days, getting him injured and off to a difficult start. Couldn't agree with you more. From Hudson Curtin, new, uh, new commenter, I love it. People are being way too negative in my opinion. Our guys are the youngest in the league. Don't redo Reinhardt. Um, I agree, I mean, in terms of negative, I, I don't think it's so much negative as it is critical. Um, I think the issues with this team weren't for a lack of because they're young. I think you've had a lot of issues with effort this year. That's not a that's not a you know a youth thing. That's a maturity thing. That is a which I guess could go back to youth, sure, but not being ready to play. That's a coaching thing. Um, I, I I point at it's a combination of both coaching and the players. At what point do you point at the coach for how often this team was dead in the water after poking opening puck drop? Just looked like they were skating in sand. Um, is that on the coach? Is that on the player? Is a combination of both? But I think when it happens as consistently as it has this season, that is on coaching for sure. Um, as much as it is on players. So um for in terms of the youth and experience, yeah, you, you can point the finger at that a little bit, but uh, me personally, uh, effort has been a big issue this year, consistent effort. <clears throat> and I, I don't always want to point the the finger at youth and develop, you know, lack of development at that because it shouldn't be hard to show up to play a hockey game and give a hundred percent. And that has been a big issue for them this year, but I appreciate uh, the comment Hudson. And I, I, I agree with you to an extent. Uh, 50% I agree with you. I agree that, having a, this young of a team, you are going to go through a lot of growing pains and you are going to struggle in that manner. But just because your team is this young doesn't mean it's an excuse for them to give for a lot of games this year, a good handful at least, a huge, huge uh, a lack of effort. Um, so I'll agree with you 50-50 there. Uh, from CH Go Bills. Enzo and I went to the Sharks game, was 5-2, just sprinted across the room to see. say this. I love it. I love it. Uh, it's important to be critical of Adams, Granado, coaching staff, poor development, poor starts, defeated this team all year round. I couldn't, again, couldn't agree with you more. Um, Power is having unusual, usual sophomore blues and not helped by a crap new defense system uh, that they are backtracking from. From Scotty Slingerland, another new uh, commenter. I love it. Transition game has definitely not been good. Has to be better. Uh, agreed. I think they've been one of the worst transition teams in the National Hockey League this year. Um, and the thing is, when they when they get going, 
when trans when, when they are transitioning, they're one of the best because they have players on that team that can move the puck up ice with ease. You know what I mean? Tape to tape passing. You know they win the neutral zone. They have players that have the ability to. But for for this season compared to last, it's just been night and day different. Night and day different. Uh, more from Hudson. The whole season is talked about differently. If Matt Ellis wasn't awful at his job, just from hey, you know, if you're preaching to the choir, Hudson. When it comes to Matt Ellis, man, like, and I, again, you don't have to be a great hockey player in the league to be a good coach. We've seen guys who had horseshit hockey careers end up being incredible coaches in this league. That being said, um, the lack of accountability from your coaching staff, as much as your players and from your staff for how bad this playoff for this power play has been and how it hasn't been addressed either by the coaches or the GM, uh, that has to be spoken to at the end of the season for sure. Uh, from Mauricio, professional NHL players, whatever age, experience, maturity, contracts you have to produce results-oriented league, NHL is is the get it done league cousins, Thompson, Tuck, Skinner power all regressed. Yes, they all did all regressed. Skinny isn't being helped by coaches constantly tweaking the top line. Tage and Tucky too. quit fixing what ain't broke. I hate Ocposto so much on that top line. I can't stand that. He's still the top line. I don't understand why he's still the top line. It makes absolutely no sense. It makes no sense for him to be on either power play unit. Um, I got into an argument. My dad, I tweeted out there. I got to hear my dad. Cause he thinks, Ockpost was good for the power play. Oh, he gets to that. Like, yeah, but he's slow. Like, he like he's not a guy that you're gonna look to to, to score a goal on the like. I just 10 years ago, sure, sure. But he just should not be playing top line minutes. He should not be playing on the power play. It isn't working, Don. It isn't working, so stop it. You know, put Tuck back on that on that line. Uh and see if you can get them back going again because you are getting the goaltending. You are getting the goaltending. Let me repeat. You are getting the goaltending to be a playoff team. You need to start scoring. Kyle Ocposo playing with Alex, or I'm sorry, Jeff Skinner and Tage Thompson isn't going to do that. So stop it. Stop. Stop. You stop it now. Um, Mauricio, Ocposo, Gerson, Olsen, Krebs all need to be traded. Um, couldn't agree with you more. I think those first two names, you actually might see them get dealt. I know there was some talk, I think it was from the fourth period, about there being interest from Boston and Ocposo Gerson. Honestly, I'd be happy to see him go there. I would. And if they did go there, I would actually root for Boston to win a cup because those are two guys that deserve, you know, all the success in the world in the playoffs because they've never got to experience it here. Unfortunately, would have loved to have seen them experience it here, but I don't know. <clears throat> from Hudson Curtin. Thoughts on adding offense versus defense in offseason need a bona fide superstar center with Tage inconsistent. I personally think, Hudson, that Tage is hurt and he's been hurt. And you don't see the same zip on a shot consistently. I don't think that you're seeing the same types of speed bursts that you normally see from him, the same creativity. I don't think that this is something that's going to be the norm now with him, him going back to being like, not even back to like a 20-goal score. I think that you're going to see him next year 100% healthy, which is tough to do in this league. Um, going back to being the seeing the guy that you had last year. That being said, I think that you're solid down the middle. I mean, you have Thompson. You have Cousins. 
I guess the question is, do you bring back Middlestat? If they don't, then yeah, you do got to go find another center. If they do, personally, um, I need guys on the wing, at least in their bottom six, that are going to contribute. Their bottom six is useless. There's, they're not getting any scoring help from their bottom six almost at all. Um, Greenway is nice from time to time, but like you need more consistency, consistency from those guys. Uh, defensively, I think that Owen Power, to the commenter earlier, I think he's going through that normal um, sophomore slump. Um, Darlene, I think, is just going to get better. I love what I've seen from Ryan Johnson. I do think they do need to add another physical stay-at-home level defenseman. Uh, you guys, you, you see some of the names that are thrown around in free agency. I, I'm a huge fan of Mackenzie Weger. Um, while the guy can produce like he has this year, he's right up there, top of the league at defensive scoring with uh, 14 goals right around there with Dalheim. But um, he he's tough to play against. He's physical. He's mean. That's what this team needs. They need a mean defenseman. A guy like like a uh, – who was it with? Um, God, I wanted him so bad. He was with Florida last year. Um, I believe he's with Anaheim now. Is it Anaheim he signed with? Uh, Radical Gudis. Um, that type of a guy. A mean guy. He makes you – you know when he's out there. You know when he's out there with you in front of the net that you're not – that you're, you're going to get – you're going to get banged around a bit. Defensively, that's what I want. Offensively, I need more help to the bottom six. I have faith that this top six will figure it out. Um, and if they do, like we saw the previous two seasons, that Tuck Skinner uh, Tage line is one of the best in the league. Um, one thing that does concern me is Jack Quinn and his ability to stay healthy. I would like to see another top, you know, maybe a top six winger. Um, because again, depending, it really depends again what they do with with, with Casey. If they don't bring back Casey, I would like to see them go after a center, a bona fide number two center, because as much faith as I have in Cousins to be that guy, imagine what you could have as him as your third line center, kind of like what you had in 05, 06, 06, 07 with Roy Vanek and Max as your third line. Um, I, I, you have that blueprint here in Buffalo. You really do. You have like it's so important to have center center depth, and we have so many prospects that are that are centers that are competing to make this roster. Like with, between Savoy, Oslin, Kulik. No, Kulik plays both wing and center, but like you have a, a a plethora. You know these riches down the middle, both on your roster and you know in junior and in Rochester right now, where I think that. You know, you don't have to say worry about down the middle, but if you don't bring back Casey, then you might have to in the off season or be a trade. So I personally, to your point, to answer your question, I know this has been really long for me to answer. Um, if they don't bring back Casey, then yes, I do want to see him go after a, a number two, number three line level center. Uh, but I do need more third and fourth line scoring help. Um, because if, and I do, I do believe these guys will figure it out. Uh, and get back right back to where you know it's a scoring. Hopefully, it up at the same clip as they were last year. Next year, um, I don't think that is as pressing of an issue as it is to figure out defensively who you're going to have play with Donald or Power next year. Um, and just bottom six scoring. That's just my opinion. Um, guys that are on my radar, I love Boone Jenner. 
Um, love, love Boone Jenner. Love Blake Coleman. Love Nazem Kadri. I, I think I think Kevin Adams should be on the phone with both Columbus and uh, three teams that he should be on the phone with are got teams like Columbus, Calgary, maybe Anaheim, just to see what's out there and what they're offering. Um, I know Jake Gensel will be available, I believe, in the in the offseason. I believe a UFA that would be a great addition. I think he's a UFA. I've seen him talk about UFA. That would be nice. We have the money to spend, so why not? That would be awesome. Um, Krebs is not top six centerman. He's a bottom six winger. Needs a complete 200-foot centerman playmaker. Agreed with you there. Uh, I don't really have faith that Cousins isn't top six. I think last year was an outlier. He's a perfect third-line center with Greener and Benny. Um, I mean, he's been playing his best hockey. with. He played his best hockey of his career with both Quinn and Paterka. So I, I don't know if I agree with that. Um, I do believe that he is a, a, a second line center in this league. He, he plays a lot of, when, when he's playing his game, he plays a snarl. There's some skill there. Um, he is a rich man's Michael Pekka. You feel sometimes you call people poor man's this. He's a rich man's Michael Pekka. He, he contains a lot of the attributes that Michael Pekka had with more scoring ability. And he does. And I, and I will die on that hill. And I know I won't die on that hill alone. Um, so I have a lot of faith that Dylan Cousins will figure it out and get back to that form as he was in last year. Um, I don't really see last year as like some random outlier. I think he's more than capable of being a 70-plus point player in this in this league. Um, and I think he'll get right back to it. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what what why this season has had. Maybe this season's the outlier. You know what I mean? So we'll see. Um, Jenner isn't being traded per John Davidson yesterday. Uh, we'll see. I, I mean, he says that now, but if a team offers something very intriguing, he's a 30 line, 30, uh, 30 years old. Um, I don't know. I know he's their captain. I think he's their captain. There's been a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of grief coming from players with, with the way that the direction of the team this year, guys like Patrick line, have spoke out your check has spoken out. Um, I'm not sure if Jenner was one of the guys that spoke out against you know, with, with the, uh, against the, the direction of the team. He might've been, but uh, players aren't happy in Columbus right now. So even if John Davidson says like, he's, he's not trading Boone Jenner. I heard a lot differently from guys like Elliot Friedman. So um, I know Davidson runs the show, but if a team offers something lucrative enough for a team that's finishing near the basement this year, how, I mean, do you say no? How do you say no? I don't know. We'll see. Um, would love Troy, Troy Terry. Troy Terry would be also nice. Ed. I don't mind the Scott Laughlin uh, idea from, from Philly either for your bottom six. He's like a 35 to 40 point guy. He can be on the right team. And that's what you look for from your bottom six. He plays with a lot of aggression, a lot of grit, a lot of snarl. Um, I wouldn't mind that if the price was right and it didn't cost you a lot. Why not? You know what I mean? Like it, it's definitely worth, worth, uh, exploring. Uh, listen to yesterday's Jeff Merrick interview with JD. Very interesting. Again, if the price is right, I don't think anybody on that roster is off the, you know, off the table. I don't think anybody on this roster is off the table, to be honest with you. I mean, if the price is right, if somebody calls you and blows you with an offer, how do you always say no? 
captain or not. So with that being said, guys, I want to remind you, this has been brought to you by Fatty Beer Company, Western New York's premier American and tap room. Eight different Western New York locations with over 300 beers to choose from. Make sure you go over to Fatty Beer and Buffalo Go Apparel, Buffalo's premier spot for all of your Buffalo sports apparel needs. Again, I show them at the top of the show. I'll show them right now. Some of the best design hats in the business from your NFL Shield, BUF, Buffalo, snapback hat, and then your Buffalo throwback NHL Shield truckers cap. Two of my favorites. I'm a big hat guy. Anybody who knows me knows that. You'll rarely see me off the clock at work not wearing a hat. Um, Probably only to a wedding or a funeral you won't see me wearing a hat. Uh, But... Uh, make sure you go check them out at Buffalo Logo Co on Instagram, Twitter, at Fatty Beer on Instagram and Twitter as well. I'm going to wrap things up, let you guys get to your Saturday night here. Sabres win 3-2 to two with goals from Henry Yokiaryu, Casey Middlestat, and apparently Dylan Cousins. It wasn't Jordan Greenway. So uh, you guys have a fantastic night. As always, thank you so much for joining me on the post game. If you want to follow us for you know our podcast, Sabres updates, NHL updates, Make sure you go follow myself at DwayneS39, my co-host at CHeroes13, um, and the show at Two Goalies One Mike. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, um, you, Two Goalies One Mike on YouTube, uh, and of course find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Go search Two Goalies One Mike and. You can get all of our shows with some fantastic guests in the past and fantastic guests in the future. So that being said, guys, keep that saying that being said. Uh, you guys enjoy the rest of your Saturday. And uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Go Sabres.
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.